Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. John Dickinson and Gary St. Jean. It is our Warriors Weekly Podcast for 95.7 The Game. It's episode number seven. And Saint, there, there's no way to sugarcoat it. That This last week, week and a half for the Warriors, uh, it, it's been kind of ugly. They, they were competing uh, against good teams. They were competing against teams that, that had lesser records. But uh, anyway, you add it up, really going back to that game in Atlanta about a week and a half ago and, and carried forward to the Charlotte game and then the two home games this week between the Knicks and, and Memphis, uh, th- these last five, six games have been kind of ugly for the Warriors. You know, John, I'd like to say there's not a correlation between making shots and your and then your energy and your defense. But when you're shooting like 38, 33%, that's from the field. You're not making threes. You know, there just seems to be a subconscious letdown. And, and as you noted, beginning of the season was, you know, not good. Then they really were locked in playing with a lot of energy and prove it defensively. And I'm going to say this, going on the road is tough. But four out of those five games on that trip were winnable if you were playing solid. And solid doesn't mean for 12, 24 minutes. You have to be able to bring it for 48. And that just hasn't been uh, visible over the last couple of weeks. No, it it really hasn't. And, you know, I I just go back to the, the Knicks game. And, I mean, the Knicks came in after getting beat by 28 in Portland. The Warriors had just taken kind of a flat loss to Memphis uh, at Chase Center coming off the road trip. And the Warriors are as healthy as they're going to be here for a while right now, Saints. Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson, obviously the two most important pieces, are still going to be out until the springtime. But the Warriors had everyone else healthy and available to a point where they actually had to choose who was going to be their inactive, and they brought Smiley Geach up from Santa Cruz, and, and they just sat him uh, on the bench and allowed him to be with the team as a, as a healthy inactive uh, for the big club. But but you got to think with them having all the bodies, and Steve Kerr even alluded to this, uh, Coach, it just that, that, that they, you know, you when you get more bodies, it's supposed to make it a little bit easier to compete, and it just hasn't been the case. Yeah, you know, and that's tough for Steve. I mean, he's trying to stay positive and, you know, applying when they play hard and share the ball on the offensive end. And uh, You know, John, when you look at this team as constructed, you're playing, if you if you want to call Bowman and, and you know, uh, our two other rookies from Villanova, Pascal and, and Seaman, they, they, you're playing young guys, but then a lot of the, if you take Draymond and you take Russell away, you're playing a lot of guys who've never played this many minutes. And you find out a lot about players when you ask them to step up their minutes. Some guys can do it. Some can't. Some can give you one good game out of four, maybe give you two out of five. But what we're seeing here 
is the inability as individuals to bring it on a consistent basis. Some nights very good, but some nights subpar. And then as a group, some nights or some quarters are very good on both ends of the floor. And then other nights are uh, subpar again. And to tell you the truth, that that's what happens when you have a roster playing like this. This this is what takes place. And and I think you know Steve Kerr is in a in a tough spot right now because he has so many players of a similar talent level that I think it makes it harder to to kind of pick and choose on a night in night out basis who should be in the rotation versus maybe who shouldn't be in the rotation. So you know you got a couple of guys you're going to play right Draymond and and D'Angelo Russell, although they've been on some minutes restrictions. Looney clearly is not at 100% to where they want no. him playing even 20 minutes a game. Uh, so, but, but you're still trying to get those guys some minutes. You, you've got a, a role that you almost carved out for guys like Chris and, and Spellman, and, and now you're having to figure out how to get Jacob Evans back worked into the mix. You're, you still want to play Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks because they've been two of your better players. Uh, Pascal maybe has hit a, a little bit of a wall and maybe a little bit banged up uh, the last couple of games. So you, you add it all up, Saint, and I just think, you know, Steve Kerr is, is not in the best position as far as trying to carve out the, the best flow for his team on a night-in, night-out basis. It's almost like he's trying to figure out a way for everybody to play, and by doing that, uh, it, it, no, nobody's really in the best position to succeed right now. Well, you're right. And, and when we look back to last year, uh, philosophically, I think Steve's right on. He'd like to play his prime players when it was Thompson, Curry, Durant. Somewhere in the vicinity would you say 32 to 35 minutes. Doesn't like playing them more than that. I like that. And that then you utilize your bench and you keep your, your main guys really healthy. So with this crew, idealistically, if, if Loon was healthy, and he's far from showing a, a, you know, a, a giddy-up to his game, uh, you'd like to build him up minutes-wise. Get him up in the 20s. Get him up to 30. And then those other two guys you mentioned, Russell and Green, if they're their key pieces, then you'd like to play them at those minutes. But you know, as a coach, you sit back and players determine how much they play. They really do whether it's in practice or when you evaluate the tape. They tell you who's earned the minutes. And you have to be honest to your players. You don't play a guy because, oh, gee, he's a nice guy or this kind of thing. Uh, this is the NBA, and, and you have to earn time. And it's by your production, the quality of your play on both ends of the floor, your attitude, your energy. And uh, right now, it, it's just uh, a lot of inconsistency with, with all those other guys that uh, – you just mentioned uh, before. What, what's going on with D'Angelo Russell? Because it's it's almost been three different seasons for D'Angelo mm-hmm. Russell. He 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 starts off and you know he's playing with Steph and 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 it didn't it, it didn't look great those first couple of games. But I think you know there's there's every reason to believe that that those two are talented enough and the and the Warriors coaching staff is smart enough to where. You know, if they had played, let's say, the last 25 games together, they would have they, they would have probably figured it out, and it would have looked better than it did the first week. Now, Russell went down with the, an ankle. 
uh, right after Curry went down with the broken hand. And then Russell came back, and, and you know, we were all thinking, well, how's it going to look? And, and, boy, he was dominant. He was yeah. as good as you could be of just a fill-it-up score. The 50-point game against Minnesota, some other games where he's in the 30s, and he's just doing what he does best uh, up until the point where he has to go out again uh, and now he's come back, and it's frankly, Saint, it's looked a little bit more like it did those first couple of games when uh, he was playing with Curry. What what have you noticed about just how the Warriors are using him maybe during this third stretch uh, compared to how they were using him in the second stretch and, and, and how that's maybe, uh, you know, limited his effectiveness somewhat? Well, with the Nets, we talked about this. He had the ball in his hands a lot, and uh, probably, I think, second in the league in terms of numbers of pick and rolls. And that's, uh, that's not the predominant way the Warriors like to play. They want people movement, ball movement. Now, he had some games where he was on fire. I mean, he, he looked at times like Steph just loading up the hoop. But, you know, now what teams are trying to do is they're going to double-team him. We saw that... Uh, Golf, the one game that we won, uh, they were uh, they were double teaming him. Chicago was on the high pick and roll. He was able to make the pass to Draymond, who threw the left to Robinson to clinch the game. But what they're saying is they're loading up on him defensively and saying somebody else you beat. We will take our odds there. So if he's out in transition, if there's and if we get stops, which we're not getting on a consistent basis, and he's got the ball with early offense. Uh, I like the rhythm that he's playing at, and I think he makes good decisions. But when it gets to the half-court game, uh, there's not a lot of fluidity as to what's going on with the whole team. Uh, there's, we talked about this, I think, last week or the week before, and last night was a great example the end of the game. What did the Knicks do three straight times in what I call need situations, need to get a good shot with less than three minutes? They went to Morris who was hot, and he drew a double team, and he hit, Robin, uh, he hit Robinson once, he hit Randall once, he hit Peyton once. Well, we're not, we're not in that situation. So the game's harder to play when you don't have a guy like that. So, you know, for Russell, um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, my jury is out. I, I don't know how this is all going to fall for him as we move forward. It hasn't been the best the last, you know, since he's come back. And hopefully he can find a rhythm and the team can find a better rhythm. Uh, Gary St. Jean joining me, John Dickinson, our Warriors Weekly Podcast, episode number seven for 95-7 the game. Uh, defensively, St., uh, just all over the board with so many different pieces in and out of the lineup, it, it just doesn't seem like the Warriors can get on the same page uh, on a night-in, night-out basis. I think that's really where you've noticed, uh, you know, just issues with confusion and who's supposed to be where and different position groupings that maybe haven't played together much. Uh, the Warriors are giving up really whatever they whatever the opposition wants at the rim, and they're giving up whatever the opposition wants in terms of, of kickouts for wide-open threes. Uh, what can be done to try and find some kind of a defensive identity that that, that short group, again, that group of 8-9, they were, they were playing a, a better level of defense, but now as you've added players back, it, it seems like it's fallen apart a little bit. 
Well, let's go to the classroom, and you're the teacher, and your your court is the is the classroom, and you're looking at your players, which are the students, and they gave it to you for a couple of weeks. They really did well on their exams, and then you look at them now, and you're like, what's going on? Well, the first thing is is defensive transition. You got to get eyes on the ball. You got to understand who's back, and then when you get back there. We're, we're really we're not making threes, but on the other side of the coin, the other the opponent is making too many, uh, and that's that's a discrepancy, John. You know, if you got six, seven more for the opponent times three, that's twenty-one points. You got big problems. Now here's another problem: the defensive board, and that means everybody has to rebound, not one or two guys. We like to say that guards have got to get back into the paint to get long rebounds because when threes are taken, long shots create long rebounds. And we're not coming up with all these. Sure, there's going to be some great rebounders that are going to get in there and get 10, 15 a game. But by and large, we should be doing a better job there. Now, then you break it down into pick-and-roll coverages, and they were doing pretty well with that for a while. And that's uh, dependent upon the scouting report, whether you go over or under the screen. Um, for a while, we were doing a good job taking away dribble penetration with the ball when you're one-on-one out on top, but that's been inconsistent. So you've got a lot of areas of concern, and it can get better. We've got a stretch here of home games. That's the thing, John. I want to say it's, what, 9 out of 11 or 8 out of 10 at home? And you, you know what? You, you should shine at home. The road is tough, but when you're not at full strength, you should be able to go 500 at home. And then if you can go on the road and sneak out some wins, uh, that that's where you're going to uh, build your resume. Yeah, and as we record this, it's it's actually two of the next three uh, on the road, but that comes after the two home games. But then after that, it's five straight at home there right around go. the holidays. So, yeah, you, you look at that, and it's – uh, what, six of the next eight, basically, and then eight of ten are going to be uh, at Chase Center. And I think that's, though, Saint, what makes the last couple of games so disappointing because you look at the way this, this team has played and, and how competitive they've been, and you're thinking, well, you got Memphis and you got the Knicks coming in. These are a couple of games where if you play the way that you've played previously, you're going to get wins, but but that's – you know, that's unfortunately what uh, a lot of the teams that have poor records, they find themselves saying, if if you play as well as we've played, you'll win, and then they don't play as well as they've played in some of those other games, and those those games you think could be wins turn into losses pretty quick. Well, I sure thought we were going to beat Memphis, and I certainly thought after off of a back-to-back in Portland that we would beat the Knicks. Um you know, Morant, I, I have to tip my hat to him. John, he had another great game last night uh, against Phoenix. He had a dunk late game. I had to watch it three times. Uh, I was like, wow, that's a great young player. And then I'm watching the Knicks, and, uh, you know, Morris had one of those nights. But yeah, you're at home, and uh, you you got to take it to him. And uh, I didn't think we dictated. you got to think that on, on defense – you gotta you gotta make the, the offensive team sweat a little bit. You gotta make them feel pressure. And I, I I didn't think that we did that on a consistent basis. And we're not good enough, John. Let's go back to the last five years. We play okay in the first half. They go in and talk about it in the locker room. 
And all of a sudden, you come out in the third quarter and bada-bing, bada-boom. It blows somebody out. Well, this team can't do that. So no. you, you have to have some consistency. And, and the inconsistency is, is what uh, puzzles you. It bothers you. And I go back to before. I applaud these guys by and large for the efforts they're given. But I can live with the inconsistent shooting. But we should be more consistent in terms of on the defensive end. And uh, that's got to get better for us to win. A couple of roster move things here, Saint. Uh, I want to go over. Kai Bowman, the Warriors, are going to send to Santa Cruz for a couple of days while the team goes to Utah uh, and you know maybe bring him back for the, the game against Sacramento on, on Sunday. We'll see. But they're at a point now where they, they feel uh, with all of the, the healthy bodies now, 14 healthy bodies, they could afford to send him down. Uh, but boy, uh, you know, I, I think he gets the short end of the stick a little bit here, Saint. Uh, he's just still been one of their more productive players, but obviously with uh, uh, Jacob Evans back in the fold, they're going to you know want to give him some of uh, Kai Bowman's minutes, I think, a little bit as the, the backup point guard. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. And uh, obviously, you know, Evans has been hurt a lot, so is he going to come back and, and be right in sync? No. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they want to tinker a little bit with him playing the backup point. Uh, so that's a work in progress. And, you know, Poole, uh, in all honesty, has not earned any minutes. He's been uh, really uh, not very good shooting the basketball. And that was supposed to be his strength. And uh, so he's got a lot of room to grow. We're not going to see him play much, and maybe he'll be sent down too. Um and, you know, so you, you look at this, and Bowman, to me, is an interesting case. Uh, if you just put the names up there and the gate contracts, he's earned time. But the business side of it says, hey, we've got to do this, this, and this, uh, you know, with the contracts and who's getting what and all that kind of thing. And I'm not going to tell you that every day is fair in the NBA. Saint, uh, the other one I wanted to get to you about was uh, Jordan Poole and, and, and Steve Kerr maybe making a little bit of a lineup change uh, as far as last night in the second half. Now, he didn't completely bench uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, but he gave Marquise Chris the start coming out of halftime, maybe looking for a, a little bit more energy. Do you think we're probably going to see a little bit of a lineup change here moving moving forward as far as uh, the starting center spot? And where does that where does that leave both players? Because you've got Chris, who's who's basically fighting for a roster spot, and you've got Cauley Stein, who's signed for not only this year, but he can opt in to next year as well if he wants to. Yeah, and you know what? Um, Willie Cauley Stein's had a couple of, of games where you, you like his energy, and he had the uh, double-digit rebounds and, and points. Um, I'm not really that concerned about his points. I, I want to see a, a defense at the rim, not necessarily shot blocks, but being vertical, contesting. But I, I just love Chris. I, I, You know what, John, I'm going to tell you, let's look at him. 22 years old. He's a heck of an athlete. He's got big hops. Um, he shows you glimpses of feel for the game. He can make some real quality passes. And uh, we see him on the alley-oops and all that kind of thing. Last game or game before, he hit a, 
a three or a 17 footer. Um, there's, there's a player there and you know, they're trying to bring that out of him. And, and I thought he played with energy last night where I'd go to him and say, Hey, can you bring that for me in Utah? Can you bring that Sunday against Sacramento? And if he starts to play with that energy level, his minutes, John, are going to go nothing but up. And I like competition. Competition's good. And if he plays well like that, then maybe he'll earn the right to start, too. But uh, that was eye-awakening last night. The last one is uh, I wanted to get into was Jordan Poole. He's been a, a the old DNP coach's decision the last couple of games, and I think we we know that one was coming uh, as the Warriors got some healthier bodies. Just give him a a little bit of a chance to to, to clear his head uh, and and watch the game from the bench. Now they have said they're going to send him down at some point, but they're I, I think kind of easing him in. They want him they want him around the team before they send him down, and then they're going to send him down and, and and at some point obviously bring him back if he can play well down at Santa Cruz. Uh, you, you see this a lot in baseball where you get a, a struggling hitter and he goes down to try and find his swing or a struggling pitcher that goes down to try and you know find their, their game a little bit. Uh, what do you think of the way they're handling Jordan Poole? Really, really no other way at this point, right? Mm. You know, John, this is new. Um, hey, even, what, five, ten years ago? I applaud the NBA. I think this is great. Trying to get these teams nearby the big team, so Santa Cruz is not very far. Some teams don't have that luxury. They're sending guys from the West Coast to the Midwest. Um, this young guy uh, in college, he showed he had a good stroke. He's been really inconsistent. And, and Mully and I talked about this. He has to get stronger. I'm talking about in, in his core, uh, in his base, because you can't live and die by the jump shot. And he just settles for the long shot. Instead of when you're struggling just with the shot, drive the ball, draw and kick to a teammate or get to the rim and get to the free throw line, see the ball go in, get more comfortable. Uh, defensively, uh, not, not really strong in that area. He's been okay. Uh, so he's got a lot of work to do. Now, I said, John, you and I talked about this. Evidently, I don't know, uh, Draymond has said to a couple guys, I think his locker's right next to his, that he's a good kid and he is working hard. So, you know, when you're the organization, you're, you're evaluating him with, his, with the player development coaches before and after practice. You're obviously evaluating him in practice. And he's not going to get a lot of minutes. And they're looking for... Uh, that attitude that he believes in himself, that he's working hard, he's in the weight room doing the things they want him to do there. But uh, he's had a real rough time. And uh, how's he going to bounce back? And, and now he's got to put the work in and try to try to get back up. Your analogy to baseball is right on. And uh, we don't see a lot of guys in the first round go down like this, but there is – hope because supposedly he's a quality shooter and if he finds the contracts and makes some shots maybe he'll get a chance to get back on the floor saint great stuff as always we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there i i did want to get into some league-wide stuff but i think we'll, we'll have to save it for next time we'll do a good chunk next week of uh, a lot of the, the the stuff around the league is we're, we're really 
already a third of the way through the season by the time we, we talk next week, Saint. Yeah, John, that, you know, that is amazing. It really is. And quickly, you, you've got Milwaukee and, and the Lakers just uh, set themselves apart. And we've got – we figured out now in the East and West who are the bottom guys and and then the top guys and who's going to be fighting like heck for playoff spots. It's pretty evident right now, and I love talking about that. So we'll look forward to doing that next week. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, for Gary St. Jean, I'm John Dickinson, our Warriors Weekly Podcast, Episode 7 in the books here for 95.7 The Game. We'll talk to you next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.